I want you to know that I've been watching Gilmore Girls. I'm on the third <gasps> season. Oh my god! I don't understand why her and Dean can't just work this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know you're in it. Once you once you get a boyfriend that you attach yourself to. I don't I I feel like um Dean was the whiniest bitch of all time. I could Dean not stand Dean. I could Dean not get on board terrible. with Dean. Terrible. He was just like the worst kind of dude that like I called you. Why didn't you answer? <laughs> Dean, like so like 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 mm, I like why'd you do this to me? Because I didn't have to do this. But so Dean is like ever like he is what you do when you start dating boys. He's like basic white, but he's tall. So you're like, okay, this fits the model. And then he wants someone who's like traditional and that's all he'll ever want because that's all he ever wants for himself. And that's what he considers success. So that's Dean. Then you get Jess and Jess is like the stereotypical bad boy who don't get me wrong. You have every right to be moody and have all this other stuff, but also you need to learn to communicate and no one is responsible for reading your mind. And so he makes impulsive decisions and then this just expects everyone to forgive him because he's white and male and that's the history that they do. So that's Dean. You said season four? I'm trying to figure out. Are we in college yeah. yet? Yes, yeah, she's first year Yale haircut. It's like Christmas time. That's where I'm at right now. Like Jess just came back into town and Rory's like, what's up? Um, oh, Jess is just back in town. Okay, okay. I'm trying to think here. Like we, we mm. were, we're meeting his mom for the first time. That's that's where we're at. Okay. Um, I think, all right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep something to myself. Well, here's a, here's some here's a few other hot takes I'll just dish out. And again, uh -huh. I've just been watching this in passing. This has just been like my in the background show. Um, I feel like they're waiting too long to do the Lorelai Luke thing. Like, just do it already. Like, I I I get it, but come on. Um, <laughs> I don't really understand okay i said this to miriam and she thought it was <laughs> it wasn't called for but i'll throw it past you and you can give me your thoughts rory's nice like she's cool and all but like within like two seasons or so like fucking chad michael murray Jack, jared padalek and uh milo uh like all these like abercrombie models are like Rory, please give me a chance. And I'm it like, it has what? nothing to do with Rory and everything to do with what Rory symbolizes. Rory is the unattainable, bookish, virginal girl who's going to do something with her life. And each one of those men that you've met so far needs to taint it, control it or grab onto it for dear life so they can be pulled out as the rocket takes off. That is what that's about. None of those men care about Rory because it's what's clear is like each of those men, like at one point in time, specifically say and or show, I don't care about you. I care about what you represent and how you make me feel. It's, she's great. She's just kind of a plain Jane. And I do feel like she has some codependency issues with, with her mom and you have no idea oh my god i'm so sorry they're carbon copies of each other like it's well they are and that's that's the the whole point of the show is generational um cycles and how you know you can do everything that you can to not be your parents but in some way like all the ways that you thought you weren't going to be your parents gonna double over and you're gonna pick up all the other traits <laughs> well i will say that i did not like lorelei's mom in the first few seasons and i'm growing to like her more emily um, is oh emily god Gilmore, yeah emily is amazing because you do that you go on a journey with emily where you're like i hate emily and then you're like emily has some points and then you're like you know what <laughs> she's just doing looking her. at it holistically <laughs> like well no it's not that she's just doing her and like I think you've you've seen this because um, Lorelai has already been engaged to Max and then broken yes. that off. There was that moment where Emily was like, "I don't like you know." I went from your father's house to the sorority house to this house, and you start to realize that a lot of these women 
and it's something that I'm even looking at now, like with all the things with like the baby and all, I'll, I'll, so many of like the older generation, they were like, they put their children, they put on their children things that worked in their time. So like in Emily's time, you had to get married if you were going to be a successful woman. Like she couldn't open a chicken account without a husband. So yeah. when they have kids, they're like, oh, you need a man. And those kids are like, that. that's not true anymore. I don't need this thing. It's a nice to have. But that doesn't make sense to someone whose whole entire life this was a need does that make sense yeah totally totally and again i'm i'm only on the fourth season i don't want any spoilers no spoilers for me i will say that i did already see the year in the life before i saw the series ah okay so you know about logan well i i know bits and pieces but the main thing i kind of take away from what i know of that is that lorelei and um Oh my gosh, why, why am I blanking on names on that? Rory hadn't talked for years. And I'm like, that doesn't seem like it's in line with just what the show is. Watching. Just keep watching. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see it. You'll see it. You'll see. Like, they, like they, and I think, honestly, I think they do it all really, really well. Um, and like, who's your favorite townie? Oh my God. Um, probably Sookie right now. Sookie's a good one. Suki, I mean, yeah. like, Melissa McCarthy is a great... I don't know if she counts as a townie, though. A lot of the town people kind of annoy me. I will oh, say do that. they? Do they? I but... love Babette. Babette is, like... But I like I love Babette because they use her perfectly. Like, she busts through the door. She's loud. She's all, like, she yeah. takes control of whatever scene she's in. And then her and Marty disappear. You never see them again until, like, a different episode. Um, Miss Patty is like this very interesting character that you're like how did we get here what's going on i will um, say that the way they built out the community of the show is um really interesting and unlike other wb shows of the time where like it was very much focused on just the central cast and that's one of the things i'm noticing in this show it's just like wow no these side characters have like like yeah, they're their own arts yeah and they're part of this town and in, in a way that feels like a, a novel or a stage play almost in the yeah. way that there's like an uh i don't know just they, they're they're constantly involved and i do like that consistency of seeing these same characters pop up over and over again with their same quirks and and how you know lorelei just being there like the the same one around all these crazy people exactly. kind of winking at the camera yeah but then you look at her and you realize she's not all that sane either like i mm-hmm. think one of the things that I really love about Gilmore Girls is you really do start off thinking, like, you look at each character, especially like the three generations of Gilmore Girls, like Emily, Lorelai, and Rory. You start off and you're like, this is how I feel about them. And then halfway through, you're like, wait a minute, uh, this isn't translating. And then by the end, you're like, okay, so all three of you are right, all three of you are wrong, and all three of you are the result of both your environment and like your family history. <laughs> like that's well, I will say that this is probably the best writing I've seen for female characters of any WB show, period. Uh, uh, at least of that era. I'm, I haven't been watching current like shows or anything like CW, but of the WB teen soap era easily the best written female characters absolutely like it it, it, it's it's a lot of the um critiques will be you know like they're too pop culture referential or they eat all like they do that thing where like they do nothing but eat and they're very skinny like i get it those are critiques that i absolutely understand oh i had that critique as well about how i was like wait they always eat out and they look yeah. like this. Wait, yeah. what's up? Yeah, that's that's the thing that a lot of people are like. Okay, so you're going to tell me that? Uh, like, they they notably say we do nothing but we like we haven't had a salad in like since 1984. Yeah. <laughs> but um, just like healthy as a horse. But um, you know, like it. There are other things that. I think you can focus on. And I actually think that for me anyway, when I started watching it when I was younger, um, A, it was a great example for, I saw my mom and me 
as like Lorelai and Emily, like it was like that really, really that dynamic met, made sense to me. Um, I saw myself as a Lorelai more so, even though I was like literally on Rory's like age track. And then um, I just think like they do really good family dynamics. Like Friday night dinners are almost always very interesting and you're going to get like some good material between like family dynamics uh at a friday night dinner i well in terms of like the show uh and the way it's styled and everything i kind of like the rhythm of it like it, it feels like it has kind of like a song and dance rhythm to it in the same way that like happy endings does or actually the way they talk in their speech patterns made me start watching West Wing because of that oh. same kind of rhythmic uh, uh, dialogue that I really enjoy with uh, Aaron Sorkin in that one. So um, yeah, dude, loving it so far. Loving oh, it. the only thing I was also going to say, I had forgotten this, is that um, the, like a lot of the references, like they just made me like be interested in that stuff. I wanted to get every reference. So like I would go and watch these movies and read these books. Like that was like to me, and I thought that was a great thing. I thought that was yeah. kind of like the purpose is to like get you, like bring you into their world. Well, this is like anything. a post Scream, post Dawson's Creek, self-referential is like, like that meta criticism winking at the camera stuff that stuff's pretty popular at this point i would have to imagine yeah um, well i also but i also think like it's it's a show that didn't dumb things down to their audience like no, yeah. they would make references and they were like you either get it or you don't if you get it this was for you if you don't there's another joke in like two seconds two seconds exactly yeah yeah so yeah anyway okay so that was a good icebreaker i love it yeah. Um, should we do the intro? Yeah, yeah, let's jump in. What up, bros? <laughs> what up, bros? <laughs> Welcome to Bra It's World. When it's Bra Meets World. Everyone meets what fun costs. I am Siege. And I am Tony Curtis. And we are doing a little mini episode. Um, it's been a while. We know this. Um, we are halfway through season five, I believe. Yes. And um, we went missing. We we disappeared and we we hear you where you're like, hey, where are you guys at? What's going on? So we just wanted to do this episode to kind of like loop you guys in um, on what's going on with us personally and let you know that we haven't forgotten about you. We are coming back, but um, this is just to like catch you up for us to even kind of get back into this rhythm. And uh, yeah, T. Oh, yeah. And I mean, we have a bunch of episodes recorded too. So I, I, I think that, uh, you know, this episode is going to be a great opportunity for us to kind of talk about some new things that have been happening. Um, I just heard a fantastic interview with the uh, actor uh, Ethan Supley, who plays Frankie the Enforcer, um, just talking about his experience on Boy Meets World. That was just great. I would love to dip into that a little bit with you. Um, but yeah, we just it. have a, a lot of stuff to, to catch up on and catch you guys up on. So I just, yeah, a little mini episode, change things up a little bit. And who knows, maybe we'll do more mini episodes if, if you guys like these. Yeah, um, so I'm really excited to uh, hear what you have to say about the interview. Um, we have other things, but then also, uh, I'll, I'll save it for later, but let, let's start off with what you had just brought up. Well, um, I was listening to um, a podcast that I really enjoy called Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Um, okay. Rosenbaum is an actor who played Lex Luthor on Smallville, the mm -hmm. show in the early aughts. And uh, he has this podcast where he interviews all of these uh, fantastic celebrities and their amazing interviews. And he sat down with Ethan, um, you know, he's has his own podcast uh, and he's been going through this fantastic physical transformation over the last few years. And he was talking a little bit about um, his experience on Boy Meets World. And one of the things I thought was fascinating was that he wasn't a good student. He basically dropped out of school, took an acting class, said, I don't need this. I'm going to get my own audition. 
auditioned for Boy Meets World his first day of auditions and was on the show for two years. Three wow. years. Like, oh, it was God. his first day auditioning for anything. And he stayed on the show. Um, I just oh, wait, that so I would I want to make it very clear. I love him. I love his character. I love most of his body of work. Like he he is in Butterfly Effect. He is in My Name Is Earl. Like I, I remember love the Titans. It. Yeah, great. Yeah, like Wolf great. Of Wall Street. But also like something that we need to talk about the whiteness and like just like the idea of like trying something on your first day, getting it, and then being like, oh yeah. This is this is just my life now. I'm a successful actor because I tried to do something new. Like yeah, this this really is a Cinderella story. Like this isn't something for aspiring actors to hear and be like, oh, I'll get my first day in. Like that that's not how it's gonna happen. And again, like I want to make it clear, for the most part, um, what did I read recently? Oh, okay, Ben Stiller, son of Jerry Stiller. Yes. Um, <laughs> said that nepotism in Hollywood isn't a thing. It's all about merit. And, and it, it's just like, I, I need people to acknowledge that just, it's it's okay to have privilege. Like you have it, no one gave it to you specifically. Like you, you just have it and it's okay, but like acknowledge it. Am I making also, sense? Also for POCs, um, nepotism is kind of a requirement of moving on up. You got to bring some people <laughs> along with you. Um. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you heard this recently, but I've been on TikTok and it's not POCs anymore. It's people of the global majority. <laughs> oh, I like that. People of the oh, global yeah, majority. Yeah, they were like, you know what? We don't like the framing of this, and we're going to we're going to make some edits, which I'm all in favor for. <laughs> That's so funny. I love that people like so. It's P O G M P O G M. Okay, so we're P O G M's now. Yeah. <laughs> um. Or maybe we should shorten it to this like P G M. PGM. You guys vote. You guys let us know who are listening to this, how you think uh, we should refer to ourselves as. Because I do like global majority. That just yeah. feels like a power. Accurate. Move. It feels accurate. accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I. Um, it's been a while. I actually think I haven't watched a single Boy and Sword episode since we last recorded. Like, because I always try to save my reactions for the for the show. So, and and honestly, uh, you know, a lot of times we end up recording these episodes out of order, especially when we have guests on. So, yeah, we're kind of all over the place. But you know what, guys? Transparency. We want to let you guys know where we're at, so we can give you guys some honest reactions for when we jump back in. Because I think we stopped right when shit was about to pop off. Yes, oh, we did, and like again, like we, we have some great things coming for you guys. Um, don't want to spoil it, but just know that we would not have stopped if it wasn't for like an important reason. I don't, I don't know T, if you like feel comfortable sharing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll jump on first and just say like you know, I think that there was a lot of internal excitement for when going from 2020 to 2021 of like oh things are getting better but like mentally <laughs> that just never clicked with me and like in fact like this whole like I don't know this almost like a force to like return to normal actually mm -hmm. created a lot of anxiety it created a mm -hmm. lot of uh I don't know, just pressure and stress. Um, not to mention, I found out I have ADHD. Um, ADD more specifically. Um, uh, around late spring, early summer, uh, which, Siege, you've been a great uh, friend to me because you you were talking to me early about this early on when I was first you know, asking questions about it. And you were able to really, uh, you know, kind of pinpoint a lot of my symptoms. Um, and I have to say that, like, I've ADD is something I've had my whole life, didn't realize I had my whole life. Now that I can, I know what the symptoms are, I can look back and kind of see all the ways that it kind of affected me. But my symptoms multiplied by a thousand during the pandemic. I, mm -hmm. I every single one of them. Mm -hmm. And none more than like um, decision paralysis, I guess is mm -hmm. what I've heard people call, call yeah. it. Just this feeling of just like, I know there's things I have to do and things I need to do, but I can't find the motivation to do anything. Not like 
the stuff I want to do, I can't find motivation for. And so, um, yeah, that was just a, a lot to just work through. I had trying therapy, trying medications. It's, it's a whole thing, but you know, I have to say lights at the end of the tunnel, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm feeling good about, uh, the way I've been handling my di- my diagnosis. Am I saying that right? Um, yeah, diagnosis. You know, I'm, I'm working with some great doctors and, you know, therapy's great. And, you know, medication, if, if you're, if you're supposed to have it, you know, ch- talk to your doctor, but um, it's been working pretty good for me. And yeah, I'm just trying to like, again, get back into the swing of things, because I think in, in general, there was just a lot of trauma from 2020 that I didn't really process because I was in it. Because sometimes it's hard to know what you're in when you're in it, you have to take a step back. And that's when it all kind of comes at you, which I think is what 2021, the first half of it kind of essentially was for me. Um, I don't know how your experience has has mirrored that. Yeah, or not, but I would, I would say that um, it's been kind of hard because like my home life has become more complicated. Um, you know, like I'm helping my boyfriend's family out. And so like, there's just more um, home pressure. Um, and then I, but like on top of all of that, I say that I have been very influenced by what's been going on in the outside world. Like I'm constantly monitoring um, the different things that are happening globally, the the different variants that are happening with this disease. And it's, you know, it's been a journey, um, both with a mask and without a mask. Um, it has been a journey over the last few months. Hold on. House phones. It's I you might as well have a, a, a rotary dial. Like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it makes no sense. The only people who ever call us are telemarketers. It's stupid. <laughs> okay, I think we're done. Okay. Oh yeah, but it's been um, a complicated last few months. And so um but I also think that like, for me, it's kind of been, um, I've kind of been like eager to get back into the show because it at least gave me like a distraction, something to do. So I'm really, really happy that we are recording this because um, I think it, you know, like this is my hobby. This is like the thing that uh, I enjoy doing and getting to have conversations with someone other than work. <laughs> yeah. You know, like still working from home and this other stuff. And so, yeah. My uh, the vibes are always very light and 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 fun and and friendly. And whenever we finish recording an episode, my mood is always at a high. So I'm a little I'm bit lighter. Yeah, this. yeah, absolutely. Um, can I ask you? Um, you know, obviously, it's been some time since we've been recording. Has there been any pop culture that you've ingested over this time period that you feel is worth noting are you gonna say are there any like there's so many like i don't even <laughs> know where to begin but i will say that like so for for example uh one huge like i have dived into tiktok a lot uh oh t- you introduced it to me of it. and i gotta tell all of our listeners you know honestly um even if you're listening to this start hitting this up i i activated our questions and answers portion and um i'll start responding to you guys you know like in between recordings so that way you guys are still getting content but like um i believe we're what at bro meets board world pod Yes, because unfortunately there is someone else at Bro Meets World. Bro Meets World you can find us. Who has Bro Meets nothing World, to do with Bro Meets But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, we have that, and then I'm on myself under I am not your Oreo. Um, took that. You're from doing great. Under. You you fell into this. It fits you like a glove. <laughs> it's so funny because you were one of those people that when I was talking about TikTok last year, you were rolling your eyes and you'd be like, that was for the kids, T. Like, you're too old. Yeah, now. yeah, I will. And, and now I see you pop up with videos all the time. It's great. So it's, it's funny that you say that because, um, yeah, I think once, like, for so many people, especially me, like you see it, you knew what it was saying before. It's like these dances and stuff. And everyone my age was like, my knees will not let me <laughs> like download TikTok. It's not, it's not for me. But then you get on it. And I think that like as millennials have gotten on it, they were like, oh, this is like a great 
platform for like sharing information and learning new things. Um, someone told me it's like a visual Wikipedia and that's exactly what it feels like. You can like go on and learn anything that you want to learn and hear observations, have conversations. And so that, um, I, I, I do want, I do want to caveat that app is it is working hard against black people and black creators. Like yep. it's almost like it's in their album. Well, what is rhythm. it, Siege? Is anything in this world not working hard against us? And like for those of you who are like, oh, they always bring everything back to race. First of all, I can absolutely bring everything back to race. Give me like an item and enough time, and I can give you an answer. It's but historical. also, like there is proof on the app itself that they are like, hey, if you use the words black and people together in a sentence, we're going to review your video a little bit closely. So um, it's it's been very interesting to like see the work around, but like there's so much creativity and there's so much knowledge. Yeah. And um, one of my favorite so things uh, uh, about it, if I could, if I, uh, I just went through this so real fast is I love the discovery aspect of it because it feels like what YouTube used to feel like before it was like bought out by corporations. Like now when you go on YouTube, you're just seeing like movie trailers and like late night, like clips and things like that. When before you would find content from nobody, from someone in Nebraska's video would pop up and it would get 6 million hits and some, like that's what TikTok is now in the terms of like, you're not, following people to see their content the content is finding you through your through the algorithm in a way that really lets you find some amazing um niche voices uh great creatives i i don't know i'm on black tiktok and it feels like even though tiktok's doing its hardest to to edit them out of the equation um my for you page is still getting all that great content so it's it's been a great absolutely and it's great and someone said that earlier that it's like um you are it's like the next level of interaction like in meme culture like it used to be sharing memes but now like we are memes like you know yeah. it's like you take what was a meme and you make it your own and you you tell how it applies to you and your life and your situation so again i think it's i think it's really great that's kind of like what i've been doing with my time i'm really really excited to like pull the pod in there because I would love to like have these conversations answer questions and I feel like it really would like fill in the gaps in between when we're able to record so um, I encourage everyone to even if you think it's not for you sign up look for us and uh let, let's have some conversation. I think it's like the most popular app in the app store like if you haven't tried it by this point just trust us like everyone <laughs> is on this for a reason because I think this is easily my favorite algorithm of all the social media algorithms like I, I I will tell you this that in general social media to me lately has started to feel much more like in like um an MML but yes <laughs> it's like hey these content creators are taking all of their time and energy and money to create this content so that they can get likes and followers but the profits of that is going towards corporations to me it just feels like I might as well be selling Mary Kay. Like it feels very similar to me. Um, I was going to say so, you mean MLM, but yeah. MLM. Yes. Yes. MLM. I apologize. Multi-level marketing. Like it feels like an MLM scam in, in, in a lot of ways. So and because of that, it's like, uh, I really struggle with, with that aspect of it. Um, because I see, see so many great creators who are just pouring so much time and energy into content. Um, and like they're left up to Facebook or Instagram to decide whether or not they want to show your content. Um, TikTok exactly. is a little better, I think in that regard. So I agree. I, 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 I agree. Like I, I, I will like say a tweet, like maybe three or four people see it. Um, I'll say something on tiktok and like it explodes and it's yeah. the exact same thing i haven't changed anything uh except i've added my voice to it which i think makes a really big difference um so and it really kind of yeah. showed me just how like suffocating some of these other algorithms are like yeah. facebook and instagram like i hate going on them now because i know i'm seeing things that are i'm supposed to see versus things that i would just naturally find and i it's not fun anymore Someone said, and I love this, someone, like, it was a TikTok, but they were like, 
I love when the algorithm like gets it wrong because you're like, ha, you don't know me. Because like, 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 your whole job is to like pinpoint like my next move. And so when you show me something that's like way off, I'm like, yes, got him. Sometimes I'm I see stuff that's way off and I'm like, why do you, why am I on Bigfoot TikTok? Like, why do you think that that's something I need to be on? Like, I must have accidentally followed someone I shouldn't have. There, I, will, I will also admit, like, you're right. Like, when certain things start to pop up, you're like, what did I do to make you think that this was for me? <laughs> and sometimes it hits way too hard where I'm scrolling through and I'm like, I have, like, I'm confronting my relationship with my, my father on an elevator. It's like, guy, like, yeah, exactly. maybe, maybe not make it so intense. Uh, but no, it, it is a great way to kind of connect with people. Some other like content, I don't know, like I can't think of like the last time. I know I brought up WandaVision on the show previously. Yes. Like a we lot of the Marvel Loki. content. I was gonna say, well, I <clears throat> there are a few things about Loki that like I and, and I don't want to do spoilers, so I won't go into it right now. But I was going to say that I'm enjoying the Marvel content as of late like i think that marvel keeps it going i like there are lots of people who are like oh marvel fatigue and i'm like you can get tired of it like there's so much out there um what are you interested in like let me know what you deem worth your time and then that'll tell me everything that i need to know because like marvel is really fun it, it is like a genre unto itself but like i watched black widow and I had an absolutely great time it was one like Florence Pugh is just an amazing actress, a great comedic timing, and like made me care about a character I didn't care about. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm really I, here I for really Marvel lately. I really love how Marvel is just doing something completely different with this with this post Avengers phase, like opening up the multiverse and like just really like having fun with these characters that we haven't met yet. I'm really excited to see um, like Eternals and seven rings, like 10 rings, like all these like new superheroes and see new representation on screen. So I'm just really excited for what this means for, uh, you know, seeing X-Men and Fantastic Four and like these characters God. from old movies too. Like I'm so super excited. into it absolutely so excited um i want to talk to you about netflix's fear street trilogy i saw you talk um, about this yes, on tiktok yes. <laughs> i need to talk to you about this because okay, i'm watching these movies all right so if you guys don't know netflix created a trilogy called fear street it's based off of a novel i believe a novel series and it has three different parts the first part takes place in 1994 the second place takes place in like 1978 76 something it's like that. uh 1994 1980 is it 78 or 87 you're right like it's it's in that time yeah and then there's 1666 is the third one right. um so you know the first one kind of plays on the kind of 90s slasher films that you kind to see the second one is more of mm -hmm. like a friday in the 13th camp yeah. uh situation and the third one is very uh crucible and salem yeah like which is and all that stuff. the original horror story but really yeah i mean it just uh, terrible stuff that happened to, to women back then but what's the most fascinating thing to me about this franchise um is just that the central love story is between two women and i don't know that i've seen that in a horror movie before um i i have to say i was uncomfortable watching children finger each other but i mean other than that <laughs> um i just had i couldn't recall a a especially a horror franchise where there wasn't this kind of male i don't know in, in horror films there's always kind of like this phallic knife thing that happens between the final girl and the, whoever's chasing her and so it, it was just nice to know that that wasn't really an element of the story for me yeah no like so i have like like i think we are now getting to the point where we have enough representation where i feel fine criticizing it you know what i mean like and i think that's a great thing and like when i when i got to see this horror film where the main love interest is a lesbian couple it was like that's you know that's amazing that's revolutionary i'm glad that it that it exists however and there are spoilers however, ahead so if you haven't seen it they let like one of my main issues with 
any horror story is we are supposed to believe that one couple's love is worth the lives of so many other people. Like, like you can kill almost like an entire town filled of people if it means that two people got to get together at the end. And that to me is ridiculous. It's so individualistic. It's so stupid. Like, and it really, really, I can't, I need I need a movie to like just acknowledge it and completely turn that trope over because it bothers me so much that you're willing to let countless people die. People who we have come to know, love and enjoy because, and again, most of the time it's, you sacrifice all of them so your two love interests can just have a kiss at the end of the day. And they're high schoolers. This isn't long-lasting It's love. not going <laughs> to last. That was the thing that was so frustrating to me about watching this as well. Spoilers. Um, the main character essentially sacrifices her best friends for this girl that she's not even in, like, a close relationship with. Like, they are on the rocks. And then and they're, like, sophomore year. Like, this, this relationship is not going to last. You know what is going to last? That friendship that you've had since you were a little kid. But, no, you let that person die. To you know save what's permanent? Person. The fact that your friend is dead. That's per- That's forever. That's permanent, yeah. <laughs> I watched that and I got so, especially in the first one, but I think it's, it's yeah. like the most egregious in the first one because the characters who you come to know, like they do everything right, um, except still be friends with this person. <laughs> and it's so interesting because this horror movie sets up a, a, a plot in which all of these, like, I don't know, ghosts, whatever you want to call them, are only trying to kill, like, one, one person. person. One person. Like, if, you, if you let that one person go, literally everyone else who dies is just like... <laughs> How is it that six people die trying to save this one person from dying? That math don't make sense. This is well, some Saving Private Ryan shit. Like, I don't well, get it. Well, not only that, but, like, six people died to save this one person. But after the sixth person, I say... We, you know what? We have to end it here. <laughs> yeah. If one like person how dies, many does it take? <laughs> then that's too many. It negated it. Like, yeah, like it, any, it cancels any, out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, like that's that's I I enjoyed it. I had like I'm someone who I don't like gore. I don't like things that like um what is the word I'm looking for? Like it's not gratuitous. Well, I guess maybe it's gratuitous, but like I don't like gratuitous it's gore. I don't like it um, in anything that I watch. I usually look away. And for a lot of this, I did look away, but it was also like a very fun romp. It knew what it was. It knew what it was trying to be. Yeah. It um, paid homage to my favorite movie all time, Scream. And it did so really well. So, it and it did so in a way where it's like, entire. No, horror genre like yeah there were so many elements of that that were like all the ghosts that come up throughout the history that come back are all playing into some horror icon or 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 theory or idea um really well exactly and so um like if you haven't please watch it i think it was it was a lot of fun i had a really good time and i was so excited for you to see it because like it felt it just felt like something that you would gravitate towards oh my god i fucking loved it i watched every one um i actually really liked the second one i love the uh the kind of friday the 13th one that that one was really fun i like that one i think it just wasn't as tight as the first one to me but well i I get it well the the third one's kind of I don't know. The third one's kind of all over the place for me, but maybe that's because they jump back and forth so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely would recommend it. That was a good one. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think about any other content I've been taking in. Uh, do you have any, uh, did you get happen to see Jungle Cruise yet? I did not. I did not see that, but I did see Snake Eyes. I did see Fast and okay. the Furious. I did oh, okay. see- Okay, Fast and Furious. Pause, 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 pause. Fast nine. Can we talk about that movie for like five yes, seconds? Because absolutely. Here Jesus for it. Jesus Christ. All right. So <laughs> I love all the Fast and Furious movies, especially Fast Five onward. Um, I think they're absolutely ridiculous in the best ways. This movie, I think, is my least favorite of the Fast movies. What? 
and I will tell you this, it's to me like, I didn't like the flashbacks of it. I didn't think that the characters who were the flashback characters looked or acted anything like that's that. his that's son. That's not, is that Vin Diesel's son? That's Vin Diesel's son. Is it yeah. really? Yeah, that's his son. Wow. Okay. Well, all right. Forgive me. I, I was <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get it, but whatever. Um, no, I just, you know, they fly a car in space, I guess yes. is what I'm trying to say. Like they are at a point in the franchise where they have used so many ideas that legit flying a car in space and like not a rocket ship, a car, like pushing down on the gas to move forward in space. Like it's, it's insanity. It's, it's. So I will say that for me, I think like maybe five minutes in, I was like, oh, this is a cartoon. Like no nothing else matters anymore. You can do anything because I'm watching a cartoon. And once you look at it with that lens, you just sit back and enjoy it because logic has left the building. Like absolutely nothing. Logic leaves the building sense. within the opening scene. Physics doesn't, yeah, physics doesn't matter. Um, no one talks like this. <laughs> like just, just like I, I watched it being like, I can't imagine customs looking at your passport and not detaining you. Like, wh where have you been going? <laughs> or the fact that Dom is constantly talking about how important family is, yet is constantly putting his son in the position of being an orphan throughout the entire movie. He doesn't think twice about driving a car off a cliff. Like, what about family, Dom? What about your kid? There, there are so many times where we were like, well, who's watching the kid? Like, like you just... Brian. <laughs> The ghost of Paul Walker has been watching these children for three movies. <laughs> again, it it was it was pure magic. And again, I just was like, I'm gonna detach from everything and just enjoy the movie. And how did you I, like feel you about said, the we're going to space? Again, I, what's not to love? <laughs> like, there's just so much where you're like, yeah, sure, sure, why not? Like, same thing. Like, I've heard that they want to now like. Like, because it's one of um, Universal's most profitable IPs. And it's they insane. want to do like a crossover between that and Jurassic Park. Jurassic and I'm like, Park. yeah, I'm here for it. Why not? You can do anything. Go back in time. Um, let's like start having some evil twins. I'm here for it. What are, what are we doing? <laughs> if not this, this franchise started with Vin Diesel stealing TV DVD combos. These people are now in space working with top secret organizations. I don't even know who like Kurt Russell and like Charlize Theron and Helen Mirren. I don't know how they got all these people into this franchise. Uh, it's, it's incredible though. You're right. Like they have two more movies coming out and I'm here <laughs> for both of them. And again, like for me, I think they, I think what's fun is at this point in time, I'm like, oh, these are soap operas. Like I don't have to, I don't have to know anything. I don't have to like, like fact check that we are going no. so crazy. They actually purposefully <laughs> gloss over science all the time. <laughs> they don't want you thinking about it. They're like, don't worry about it. Yeah, and, exactly. and They're like, oh, I just, I, I, I knew someone in a previous life. Like, that's what they'll say all the time. Like, how did you fund all this? Like, you guys are in a different country every movie. How do you have hookups everywhere? Um, and then they'll just come out with like a bunch of box tops from cereals and cereal boxes. <laughs> And again, it's like, it doesn't, like, why do you care? Do you want to see some cars go really fast? Because that's what we, that's what we promised you. <laughs> I want to see a Fast and Furious Transformers crossover. That's the one I want to see. These people are driving cars. Let's make the cars have brains and let's I really do something fun with it. just honestly <laughs> gave them like, because like, also let's remember, it's not just like Dom and his characters. It's the world. Like we have Hobbs and Shaw. We're yeah. going to get spinoffs. We're going like you think they just brought his son in for nothing? No, we're going to get prequels. We're going to get oh yeah, prequels. fast, fast the early years, a hundred percent, exactly. And uh, again, I personally am here for it because it's always I've, a good time. I've heard rumors of a prequel television series. I don't know how there you feel about is that. It's already a television series. I don't know if you know that. Oh, wow. Like, there's already a television series. It's animated. And 
again, like it's like it's one of the most profitable IPs. And what's crazy about it is it's like such a simple idea, but like I want to give Vin Diesel his props for like I want to give Vin Diesel his props for taking a nothing concept and being like, I'm gonna make so much money on this. Okay, so if you could think of the Fast and Furious Universal Property crossover, which one are you? Th- which are you throwing into the hat for consideration? I want a Freaky Friday. Like I want, <laughs> like I want, like um, like a Freaky Friday, but like my dad, the car. Like like I want Vin Diesel's soul to be switched with his car, and then we get like a Night Rider. <laughs> Like like a Herbie the Love Bug, but it's Vin Diesel. <laughs> exactly. Like that's what I want. That's what I. That's oh what God. I. Like about. honestly, at this point, like if they could even Space Jam it and just literally show up in a Shrek movie, and I would, uh, I would. Okay, we're here now. It's Why all not? okay. Like I, it's there's no okay. rules. You did remind me of something else I wanted to bring up, which is I think they calling it the renaissance or like th- this comeback yeah, i of tagged Brendan you Frazier. in this on on twitter and yeah apparently brendan fraser is having a resurgence and i know that would be a big deal to you because you have a huge crush on brendan fraser i have my uh, own how could you not brendan fraser how could you not like i want to hear everything that you have to say because here's the reason one is brendan fraser is like he deserves so much we owe him such an apology he gave us the 90s he like he didn't ask gave us the 90s i said he was the chris <laughs> evans of the 90s he gave us encino man he if you're talking Georgia chris evans early aughts yes chris yeah. evans now no way brendan well, fraser no, no. Well, has, he, is nowhere near chris well, well, wait, wait 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 if you look at it the like the trajectory captain america the first one and the the mummy yeah no the mummy (laughs) the mummy they both headed up franchises that made them like comedic fun white dudes we love to watch and i think that had brendan fraser like had it not been under universal and so like had like people who knew what they were doing and had brendan fraser been given like the same kind of writers and treatment we would still see brendan fraser the same way we did then like okay because you're gonna you're gonna argue to me that chris evans was some kind of um theatrical actor who no like, he was actually was in level. a string of bad movies all until he did captain america like it, it, captain america really turned his whole career around exactly. and i think you're right that like if the right role had found brendan fraser um, maybe that wouldn't have been the case, but I mean, you are ignoring some major missteps. Uh, I'm Dudley not right. ignoring anything. I am acknowledging it all. And I'm just saying that he, I'm not saying that he is Meryl Streep by any means. I'm saying that this was a man who committed to every role that he got. He absolutely did his best to entertain. Like Bedazzle is a awesome terrible movie like it is a terrible movie but brendan fraser you know i haven't seen bedazzled in a very long time 110 percent he is giving you 110 (laughs) percent okay so what's your favorite brendan fraser movie um it would have to be uh so it's really hard because i'm going to say mummy the mummy the first one because he like everything comes together perfectly there um but then bedazzled is like my favorite rewatch because it's so stupid and silly, but it's still fun. And then I just love the concept. Like Elizabeth Hurley as the devil, brilliant. Um, I, you know, like I, I said, I have my issues with Brendan Fraser. There were some movie choices, George of the Jungle, Dudley Do Right, uh, Looney Tunes Back in Action that I didn't really care for. But I will say, I am a very big fan of Blast from the Past. I love the concept of that movie. I think it's super adorable. I also think uh, uh, Christopher Walken, fantastic in that movie. Have you seen Encino Man? I haven't seen Encino Man since I was a child. You should watch it. Again, not great. It has Polly Shore in it. Like, what do you want from me? But like, it is, it's a fun movie. And it's a fun movie that like, 
knows what it is as like a late 80s early 90s movie and I just think that that's like especially like living in California now I think Encino Man is a really fun romp and then I don't care what anyone says you look at him in George of the Jungle and tell me that you wouldn't hit it like honestly like George of the Jungle Brendan Fraser is just like it's I I will give you this in that like other than I wouldn't say like Brad Pitt. I don't remember there being a ton of dudes in the 90s um, that were like physically in shape the way that he got for that role. Like, honestly, like I was watching, I I don't know, I think it was like a Die Hard movie the other day or one of these old action movies where I was like, oh, these guys are in any kind of shape. Like I was watching, um, what was it? The Harrison Ford Blade Runner. I was watching Blade Runner the other day for the first time. And this is Harrison Ford in his prime, right? And I'm like, this dude is in no shape whatsoever. He didn't prepare at all for this role. And so to think about all the ways that actors prepare for movies now, Brendan Fraser does come to mind as one of those first dudes that was just like, all right, let me just get like super fit for this role. And I mean, outside of Arnold like and Stallone, other than those dudes. Yeah. If you look at what he, like, if you look at the roles that he chose honestly brendan fraser is to me like i said he's like chris evans he's chris pratt like like it's a shame that his name's brendan because he's just like all the other chris's to the point where what he did was he looked for things that would make people laugh like he wasn't trying to be well as far as i know like indie movie and um an action like he wasn't trying to do all of that he was always trying to do lighthearted well, he wasn't crash things. i think was he in crash i think so like he could yeah, have been yeah. like I, I think i'm not and i'm not saying i think he's, he's done he's done more dramatic works now i think in the 90s especially he was doing way more lighter stuff but i think now he does more dramatic. but also like i think that that's what was out there like yeah like when you look at like the movies that was going it's like he he wasn't a tarantino type honestly when i think of brendan fraser when i think of the 90s brendan fraser it feels like offshoots of paulie shore and i think that's the taste i have in my mouth it's just Mm. like that tbs saturday morning movie that they just played all the time that i'm just like but like all right so adam sandler and ben stiller and like all these other people could just do nonsense and like they were crass like a lot of their movies don't hold up but like brendan fraser was just like lighthearted, and he was like a really good guy and then again hollywood treated him terribly as someone who was like uh, also we have to even talk about it his stint on scrubs is one of the most emotional episodes you will ever watch siege you <laughs> should be his publicist i swear (laughs) you have said nothing but glowing reviews about brenda frazier and again i'm like i know there's some good movies maybe i just have to revisit them i I need to take your advice and just like go back watch bedazzled what i'm saying is there are not a lot of good movies they're fun movies (laughs) like that's their movies that honestly like all things considered and like knowing the things that were like really popular in the past it's just like this is nothing but racism or um ableism or whatever and like brendan fraser is usually his characters are just trying to have fun sometimes they're racist but for the most part they are on the right side of history that's if all I you say. want a great documentary i'm not even gonna call it a documentary but uh if you want to watch a great movie about white privilege i would suggest you watching his movie airheads that he was in with steve buscemi okay. and adam sandler three guys from the rock band take over a rock radio station with guns and they just oh, get wow. massive fans from it they just get more famous from it it's wild that bro. sounds like america i'm not gonna lie <laughs> just sounds americish they like force um, the DJs to play their music. It's it's really crazy. I would recommend. That. How about uh, and I think we should like wrap this. This is kind of going on, but uh, Olympics. Any Olympic commentary? Because... Okay, so I haven't really been watching the Olympics because I don't have cable because I'm a millennial. I will say that I've been keeping up with like the drama stuff that's been going on, specifically surrounding yeah. black athletes. Um, mm-hmm. I want to say that. To me, it just, 
from an opposite, again, I'm not physically watching all of this stuff. I'm watching recaps. I'm reading about it. Um, it. It feels like we never get a fair shot. No, why it's wouldn't we? Basically, basically, yeah, it just feels like even now with all of this post-Black Lives Matter stuff that we had last year, that like even now there's just not a more welcoming space for us. And I guess that's a little disappointing that like the whole world was marching for us last summer, but this summer, yeah, they're so quick, especially the Black women. To that was last year. Back. It's a new time. It's a new time. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> We've moved on. Like, it's it's ridiculous. Like, honestly, as you said, especially with Black women, the number of things that came out in this Olympics that were like, hey, you can't do this as a Black woman. You can't do that. Like, I just, like, we're going to go on a little rant here. Ride with me. The idea that, um, oh God, I'm going to because I don't have it in front of me. Shakuri. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. The, All right. The, the runner. So, right. Those, the, those of you who know what I'm talking about, the runner, she got eliminated for pot or whatever. My mind was like, the number of things that we go and say, I'm not going to ruin this white boy's future over one mistake. That would be ludicrous. Like it happens all the time. Yeah. So he held up a grocery store and killed nine people he was 16 you guys give him a break <laughs> like it, it just, it's just it's, so common and like what's even crazier is i don't know if you follow this it's not in america so i will admit like well actually it's it's the american team but um the american fencing team they have a guy who was accused of sexual assault and their solution instead of removing him and saying hey you can't go their solution for him was we'll just keep him separate from the women like <laughs> possibly known predator he can still go but like um yeah we'll just make sure that he's segregated from the women and by the way what that means is like we'll make sure that the women have less uh access to things so he can still be president in the things that men are allowed to have access to and that's one of the things that like just always bothers me it's it's really like the hypocrisy bothers me more than anything because I don't expect more from you I've lived in America for a while now I'm aware that you could say one thing yesterday and then today it's a completely different ballgame because you realize it doesn't make you money but the hypocrisy is what will always probably drive me crazy oh yeah I mean because even the way Michael Phelps that whole situation when he was caught with weed was handled completely differently. Um, do you remember in 2016, Ryan Lockheed? Oh, do you, like, it was the first thing that I said. <laughs> the very first thing that I said. That, like, it's it's just, it's really stunning. And even when you think about some of the criticism against, like, Simone Biles or, uh, you know, like, the pressure that these people are under, uh, it just feels like we really need to take a look at the whole structure of an Olympics. Because when I think of especially like gymnastics like aren't there like pervy vibes to it like oh absolutely I feel like a bunch of like small girls who are in like like really like training like adults for something their entire lives it 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 feels like they're being worked like horses before they even mature. Like it all just feels kind of gross and ill and, but I want to support it. And I, I'm like, go USA at the same time. Like they worked all their lives for this, but they're like, all their lives are 16 years old. Like, I, I don't know. Like I, I hope that there's a future for these Olympians, especially the younger ones outside of just this Olympics or the next Olympics. A few comments. One, check out the documentary uh, featuring Naomi Osaka on Netflix. It's, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, It's very eye-opening. It's very sad in some ways. And it just kind of gives a peek into why she made the, the decision that she made. And then second, can you imagine telling six-time, now seven-time Olympic medal winner Simone Biles that she needs to prove anything to anybody how many gold medals do you have how many olympic moves do you have named after you like it's yeah. just this idea that I, what i what i really enjoy is this upcoming generation seems to be like yeah there's no one who seems to be looking out for me and my well-being so i'm going to and if that means that you don't get to make money today then that means you don't get make get to make money today 
I, I don't have to go to this thing and I won't. Like, oh, what's crazy? I forgot. I think it was Naomi Osaka, but there was something where she was, uh, an athlete was like, I'm not going if I have to do press. And they were like, well, then you can't go. And she was like, fine, I won't go. And they were so hot. <laughs> She's, not only will I not go to this, I won't participate in any of it. And they were like, you can't do that. Yeah, no, actually, I can because I did. And then also, like, why Why would I? First of all, I've already made a name for myself. You, The reason why you want me there is because I have a reputation. Number one, right off the bat. Number two is you need me. I don't need you. And that bothers you more than anything, the fact that I don't need you. But even if I did, the fact that I'm taking care of me more than I'm worried about you will drive them crazy. And, and I love that. For Simone Biles, haven't they just put a bunch of roadblocks in her way anyway, like saying that she can't do moves because other people can't do them and yeah. like judging her differently than other people. It's like, is she so much better than everyone that they have to judge her differently is such a ridiculous. So you will only say that about a black person. You would never say that about Michael Phelps. You never hear them saying Michael Phelps needs to be judged on a different criteria than everyone else. Well, they actually did like they like. It's, it's so funny because another thing that brings up, it's like the testosterone thing and like you, like what qualifies as a woman and like all this other stuff. And it's just like, if that's something that naturally occurs in their body, why are you regulating it? Because Michael Phelps, he's like, you know, you brag, he has a higher lung capacity than most other human beings. His, are, his wingspan is different than most other human beings. Like that's just called a natural advantage. Like you didn't do yeah. anything. You were born in this I think way. he's double jointed yeah so why like but when it comes to black women specifically all of a sudden we have to put in these things we have to make it fair it has to be measured out specifically and so there's all of that and then we're, we're kind of going to bring it a whole full circle <laughs> here uh you reminded me of the boycott from tiktok black black creators on tiktok yeah because um have you heard about this yeah of course like when when uh Thought shit came out by Megan the Style in great song, love it, watch the video. Um, they were like, no, we're not gonna do it. Why? Because why are we gonna make video con like why are we gonna create content that you will then take away from us and then promote someone else, <laughs> someone yeah. else's version of it? And again, I just love the fact that this new generation is like, no, if we're gonna play by your ruse, then I am going to look out for number one, numero uno, and that is me. And if I'm looking out for myself, then I'm not doing anything that makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm prioritizing my mental health. I'm prioritizing things that mean something to me. And if that means that you get nothing out of it, well, then so be it. I love it, dude. I love it. Honestly, I mean, I this is a completely different thing, but I, I just wanted to say that um, my fiance is actually leaving her job at the end of this month simply because she just needed a break. I love it. It's just know, like mental health. She was like, my mental health is the most important thing. I don't feel like I've been able to concentrate on it. I just need a break. So I'm just going to take a break and figure it out. And I'm like, a hundred percent do you but like, we have I, to do this sometimes. I've like, I had someone at my job, like, um, like a C level, um, say that she was, she was like, you know, I'm just like, I'm getting married at the end of the month. I'm rethinking some things. Yeah. And I was like, I think a lot of kind of like bringing it full circle again a lot of people post-pandemic are like just reevaluating stuff and they're like you know I don't have to do this like if I don't want to do not going to like uh we make the most money in the country and we're still not rewarded so clearly working hard isn't the end of, like isn't the yeah. end goal um like there's a global pandemic going everywhere so clearly health isn't something that you guys prioritize so I think I'm going to just like reevaluate what's important to me and my family and my life and see how I want the next few years to go and act on that because um I don't know what y'all doing <laughs> yeah and to what the pandemic has taught me more than anything is just that like hey, we're, the U.S. is not the only, like, business in town. Like, there is a whole world. And, like, the internet has shown me just how great some other countries are. Like, can you imagine, do you know that in some countries people don't have to pay to go to the doctor? I, this is crazy. <laughs> like, like, why are we here? Like, <laughs> I was speaking to my therapist about this. So funny you said that, because I was speaking to my therapist about this. And I was like, 
talking about different places. And he's like, well, where do you want to go? And I was just like, or why do you want to go? And I was expressing some of the things. And he was like, you know, people are racist everywhere. I was like, yeah, but they're racist with healthcare. Like, I don't, like, I yes. get that other countries have racism, but they also have universal basic income or they also have, um, like again, healthcare. Like I can go see a doctor when I want to. A, a livable wage. Like all of those things are are more important to me. I deal with the racism amount all of the time. times <laughs> within the last year that I've like researched living in other countries has like has has quadrupled. Like I I don't know how serious I actually am about it, but I'm like looking at the brochures. I'm like, oh wow, these these are some great things. And also like, hey some of these countries don't seem like they're going to flood or go underwater in the next 50 years. Like maybe I should consider like that when I consider my future as well. Like I, I, there's a lot to consider it's for as far as like the way our country, certain states of our country have handled the pandemic or handling global warming where I'm just like, <sighs> I'm like, get me while I'm here. Cause the moment I can get out, of <laughs> get out. I want out. <laughs> I, want I didn't out. ask to be here. <laughs> bruh meets world <laughs> like like get me bring out. it full circle <laughs> absolutely um any anything else on on uh that you want to share any boy meets world things or just life things that you want to honestly we... i'm really excited to get back into it hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode and listen to the end um if you want to please follow us on bruh meets world um at tiktok Instagram. We're not like as active on anything, but like hopefully we can get back into it. Um, follow me on TikTok at I am not your Oreo. Uh, T, what are you doing? Where, where are you at right now? Um, I, I'm I'm around. I'm not again. I'm not. I'm participating. I'm ingesting content. I have to say that uh, from a mental health perspective, it's been really hard for me to find creativity amongst all of this. I am so green with jealous of the people who were like, oh, I have a year off. I'm going to spend that being as creative as possible. I'm going to come up with all this content because to me, like every time I try to create anything, like it just like falls apart before it even starts. And so like, I'm, I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, just the podcast and some other things will, will, will inch me closer to, to being more active on social media. So yeah, yeah if anything, I'll just kind of lurk the, the Brummy World accounts and answer comments and things like that. Absolutely. And thank, I mean, please hit us up. Like, tell us how you guys have been. Um, we have like a lot of really faithful listeners. We have people who I know, uh, if you have some upcoming questions that you want in episodes that we haven't released yet, please ask them now and we will um, get to them when we record those episodes but ultimately it's nice to be back um for the time being so yeah and i, I mean i just kind of want to throw this out there i think the last episode that we went out with was the topanga christmas mm -hmm. so our next few episodes are raging cory the eskimo which mm, um and <laughs> um the episode after that which is heartbreak Corey, which is the ski episode so ah! again, guys some great things coming in i'm really excited all right um remember to dream to try and do good do what you can honestly <laughs> do as good as you can uh, we'll, you get an a for effort <laughs> uh later bros later bro when this boy meets world